The Kings bounce back from their worst game of the season with an inspired effort and a win in New Jersey. We'll recap the win, look ahead to a big weekend, and it's a Kings Fan Feedback Friday. All that and more on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. And we're on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years of the Fox Sports Radio Network, also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show. That's been putting out content for the last 17 years and a passionate L.A. Kings fan for over 30 years. Well, I mentioned on Thursday's show, after a great win over Edmonton and a bad, bad loss to Buffalo, I wasn't sure what to expect Thursday night in New Jersey. Fortunately, or perhaps frustratingly, the Kings played a great game in a win over the Devils. We're going to give you a quick recap. We have our pluses and minuses, our three stars of the game. Uh, but real quick, I did want to talk about the lineup for the Kings in that game against New Jersey. Now, we knew there was going to be some changes, but there were even more than were anticipated. Uh, we talked about Victor Arvidsson obviously coming into the lineup. That was the big move, and that kind of prompted some other moves as well. In addition to the effort in Buffalo, Kevin Fiala, though, did play on the top line. We did see um, Adrian Kempe down on the third line. Uh, but there were some uh, changes defensively that we weren't anticipating. Uh, Vladislav Gabrikov and Brant Clark played together on the second pairing defensively with Andreas England and Matt Roy playing on the third pairing. So a few extra changes for the LA Kings. Uh, all four lines, as far as the forwards go, there was some uh, tweaking and uh, two of the three pairings defensively. There was some tweaking as well. So with that, let's get you caught up on what happened in the game. If you missed it, we would have a scoreless opening period. But it was clear L.A. had come to play after that bad loss to Buffalo. The energy was there. The structure was there. The execution was there. And most importantly, the defensive coverage was there. Into the second period, the Kings would grab a one nothing lead on a shorthanded goal from Andre Kopitar, his 16th of the season. Adrian Kempe getting the assist. Uh, Kempe with a uh, little feed from Kopitar into the zone. He hustled, tracked it down, took it hard to the net, put a shot on goal. Save was made, but Kopitar was there for the rebound to get the victory, the Kings' ninth shorthanded goal of the season. Now, New Jersey would respond on a power play goal from former King Tyler Toffoli. We were tied at 1-1 going into the third period. In the third, about five and a half minutes to go, uh, L.A. on the power play. Pierre-Luc Dubois makes a strong play along the boards, passes it to the point defenseman Brant Clark. He fires a shot on net. Quinton Byfield in front of the net deflected it on goal. Now, the save was made, but... Byfield was there to get the rebound, go forehand, uh, backhand to forehand, and uh, score to make it 2-1. to one. His 17th of the season, Dubois and Clark get the assists, and that would be your game-winning goal in a Kings 2-1 victory. Goalie David Riddick didn't have to make a lot of saves. He wasn't big save Dave in this one, uh, but a very efficient effort from him, 26 saves in net to get the victory. Kings improved to 25-16-10 for 60 points. Uh, we are going to 
talk a little bit more about where that puts them in the playoff standings going into the weekend. But first, I want to check the game stats for that win over New Jersey. Again, 2-1 Kings get the win. Uh, the shots on goal favored LA slightly, 29-27. to As far as the special teams, Kings were 1-for-4 with the man advantage, while the Devils were 1-for-5. Faceoffs favored the Kings 25-19. to Block shots favored New Jersey 21-13. And the hits were dead even at 20 apiece. As for our pluses and minuses, lots of pluses in this one. Obviously, the result is the biggest plus. Uh, Kings obviously are fighting for a playoff spot. They need wins. They need two points as often as they can. Uh, obviously, a really good effort against a equally desperate New Jersey team that is trying to fight to get into a playoff spot. And frankly, I thought the Kings were a more desperate team in this one than the Devils. Um, obviously great to see the team bounce back from that really bad loss. Had they not come out and showed the heart and the fire that they did in this one, then that would be big reason for concern, big reason to question the leadership of this team, but that did not happen. Uh, thankfully they responded the way they needed to and got the result as well. Obviously, uh, Victor Arvid's coming back was one of the big focuses. We're going to talk about him a little bit more in a second, but I thought he absolutely was a plus in this game. Uh, didn't show any rust at all, really. Um, coming back from the back surgery in his first game of the year, I wondered about maybe his conditioning, but I thought he looked strong throughout the game. Um, so he was definitely a plus. Uh, the Kings played a very solid defensive game. Uh, Jim Miller talked about the Kings getting back to their identity, and that's playing sound, structured defense. They absolutely did that. They did not give up many grade A scoring chances to New Jersey at all in this one. Goalie David Radich, again, was never really tested um, he just had to make some routine saves, and that's exactly what he did. Uh, special teams were a plus for the Kings, uh, even though they did allow or give up a power play goal. They score a shorthanded goal. The game-winning goal came on the power play, and they killed off four of the five New Jersey power plays. So definitely special teams were special for the Kings. Uh, Quinton Byfield with the game winner. Um, I thought the power play overall for the Kings looked stronger with Victor Arvidsson, or uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Victor Arvidsson. Hello, uh, on the on the power play, I thought he definitely it, it, it looked cleaner uh, once the Kings were able to get it set up. Now, getting it set up was another uh, matter, but once the Kings got it set up, I thought it looked crisper, it looked better, it looked more dangerous. Um, and then Quentin Byfield sliding off the top power play to the second power play unit gets the game winning goal on the power play. So clearly, him moving down makes the second unit stronger as well. So overall, I thought the Kings' two power play units looked better in this game. We'll see if they can sustain that going forward. I don't think it's a coincidence, though, that it came with Victor Arvidsson back in the lineup. Uh, P.L. Dubois, I thought, had another solid game. Uh, he had an assist on the game-winning goal. He also had three hits, and he drew three penalties in this game. So he got the Kings three power play opportunities, which is great. Um, he was called for a penalty in this game. I thought, frankly, it was a, it was a questionable call, and there were some questionable calls that win against the Kings in this one. Um, a, a positive game, a, a plus from PL Dubois, which is definitely good. Um, I thought the line changes seemed to work well. Um, LA only had two goals, but they had a lot of good scoring chances. Kopitar, Kempe, and Arbitson all had great A scoring chances that came up empty on thanks to great saves from Nico Dawes, the New Jersey Devils goaltender who had a couple of amazing saves. Um, as far as the minuses in this one, uh, the number of penalties the Kings took, and there was some questionable calls. I don't, if you watch this show or listen to this show for any length of time, 
I don't get a lot on officials. I think they have a very difficult job and I think it's an easy thing to point out and say, we didn't get calls, that kind of thing. But I thought there were some really questionable calls that went against the Kings in this one. Uh, there was a, a, a call that should have gone against New Jersey star Jack Hughes. That wasn't when he broke his stick and threw it on the ice. So the officiating wasn't great in this one. Um, but again, still too many, the Kings took six minor penalties that that's still way too much. Even if you think a few of them maybe were marginal penalties, uh, at best. And I will say, even though the Kings were the better team in the faceoff circle throughout the game, that it seems like, I think when the Kings get the power play set up with Victor Arvidsson back with Quentin Byfield on the second unit, they look better. The problem is it takes them too long sometimes to get it set up. They're not winning faceoffs when they're on the power play in the other team's zone to get it started right away. They end up wasting 30 to 40 seconds just getting it set up before they can actually get it going. So that's something they need to work on. I thought that was a minus uh, in this game against New Jersey, but a lot more pluses than minuses in this one. Let's give you the three stars of the game. And I'm going to go with Victor Arvidsson as my number three star. Yes, he did not have a point in this one, but he was aggressive. He looked... Um, like his his skills were there from the from the jump, uh, he definitely I think had an impact on this game. Uh, clearly, with him in the lineup, it makes the Kings uh, forward unit that much more formidable and helps the power play as well. So, just his impact being in the lineup, I thought Victor Arvidsson was deserving of being the number three star of the game. He played 15 minutes and 43 seconds, had five shots on goal. Quinton Byfield is my number two star. Uh, now, he did have the game-winning goal in this one, and usually that can get you the number one star uh, in a game, but I gave him the number two star. Um, 17 goals now on the season, tied for second on the team, 39 points. Uh, he is uh, third on the team right now in points, and he's a plus 16, by the way, which leads all LA Kings players. And the goal he scored, just, I think, you know, his skill has really become evident this year. It's been so much fun to see. And for a big man, he's got really soft hands, and he's got a good scoring touch around the net, and I think it's only going to get better as he goes along. But a great goal, a great game-winning goal from Quentin Byfield. I'm going to go with Andre Kopitar as my number one star, maybe a little bit of a sentimental choice. Um, he did score the opening goal in this one, and if you saw it, he pointed to the sky, and I guess we found out, uh, I heard on the broadcast that apparently his grandfather had just passed away, so that was a, that was a, a tribute to his grandfather when he pointed after that goal. But Andre Kopitar is still a very important player for the Kings. You could argue as he goes, so go the Kings. Um, the Kings are 11-3-1 in games in which Andre Kopitar scores a goal. Uh, he is fourth on the team right now with 16 goals, tied for second in points with 43. The captain with another big game. Uh, he kind of almost assisted on his own goal with that little flip into the zone to Adrian Kempe and then following it up. But uh, Andre Kopitar, I'm going to give him our number one star of the game. Great win for the Kings. Solid performance. Love the moves from Jim Hiller that he made. Love the way the team adjusted to those moves. Uh, the Kings needed to bounce back in a big way. They did that. Now, two big games back-to-back -back this weekend. We'll give you a preview, and we'll get to your emails. That and more coming up on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. 
drive, passion, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusion supply ebay is guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers and you know this show will give you a lot of in-depth analysis and sometimes some hot takes well let me give you my hottest take of the day the best lineup in la right now is the lineup of auto loans at logics they start off at the top with my favorite the proven and dependable New and used vehicle loans, you can count on these guys to give you the lowest rates and save you big-time bucks. Up next, they've got the new exciting Rookie Sensation and their electric vehicle loans with super low rates and flexible payment plans. Rounding out the lineup, they've got their auto refinancing loans and lease buyout loans. With these guys, you can lower your monthly payments and get on the road to owning your car faster. I know that's a hot take, but seriously, no one can beat the lineup at Logics. Visit your local Logics branch right here in LA or the surrounding areas and let one of their amazing team members help you. Or just apply online in minutes at logicsbanking.com forward slash car. That's logics, L O G I X, banking.com forward slash car. So the Kings get a big win over a desperate, desperate New Jersey team, but there is still work to be done. It is on to the next challenge, and that will be one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference that comes up on Saturday in Boston against the Bruins. The Bees check in with a 32-12-10 record. Uh, they've uh, one of the top teams in the NHL right now. They're tied with Florida for the second most points in the NHL, trailing only Vancouver. Bruins are 17-7 at four at home. Uh, and this is an early game L.A. time, uh, 9.30 a.m. on Saturday. It's an ABC national TV game as well. So uh, coming up on Saturday, early game, big game against a big-time opponent as the L.A. Kings take on the Boston Bruins. And then after that game, the Kings will take a quick flight to Pittsburgh. They will face Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins, another desperate team fighting for a playoff spot in the East. That is coming up at 3 p.m. L.A. time on Sunday, so two big games for the Kings, Saturday and Sunday, back-to-back. That means we're going to see Cam Talbot back in net in one of these games. I'm anticipating David Riddick going against the Bruins and Cam Talbot going against the Penguins, but we'll see what Jim Hiller decides to do. So big win for the Kings over the Devils. Now they hope to carry this forward and against two pretty good opponents coming up this weekend if the kings play the way they did against the oilers and the devils um, i can't guarantee they're going to get two wins but they should be in a position to at least get some wins and some points against the bruins and the penguins uh there were several games of interest involving the kings uh either the teams they're chasing or the teams that are chasing them for a wild card spot on thursday night you had the blues beating the oilers 6-3 Predators lost big to the Stars 9-2. Kraken beat the Bruins 4-1. That was in Boston. And the Flames lost to the Sharks 6-3. So how does this all pan out? Well, Edmonton still has that third spot in the Pacific, 63 points. Kings move three points back of the Oilers for that third spot in the Pacific, but Edmonton does have one game in hand. The Blues stay at 
60 points, so they're still tied with the Kings, but the Kings have played two fewer games than the Blues. Seattle and Nashville have 56 points, so they're four points back of L.A. Calgary is now five points back, and Minnesota is also five points back as well. But uh, big two points for the Kings uh, and uh, the Blues. Um, I believe they're actually still two points back of LA in the standings. I don't believe, I think that's incorrect, but the Kings move. Yeah, they were tied with uh, LA going into the night. So the Kings win, the Blues lose. So LA actually has a two point lead on St. Louis. Um, but again, a four point lead for the Kings on Seattle and Nashville for a wild card spot. Uh, a couple of games to keep track of from coming up from over the weekend. Uh, you've got the Blues going head to head against the Predators. So there's two teams that are right behind the Kings and the standings are going head to head. Uh, the Oilers are facing the Stars. It's going to be a tough game for them. And then the Flames face the Red Wings. Those are all Saturday games to keep an eye on uh, coming up this weekend. If the playoffs started today, it would still be the Kings as the number one wildcard team against the Dallas Stars, the top team in the Central Division. All right, let's get to uh, let's get to one of your emails here uh, before we check uh, in on some uh, other news that we have. Um, this first email, and I, I'm going to read these in the order in which they were received. So some of them are a little bit dated. They weren't, you know, right after the win over New Jersey. But Scott and Simi Valley uh, said, Wednesday you used the word bizarre to describe the season. And I agree. But if I am the GM right now, whether that be Rob Blake or not, I've got moves to make regardless of whether the Kings are a playoff team. Being up against the cap takes away roster flexibility and stunts player development. So I'd cut the payroll by trading PLD in his contract. And that is whether he plays okay or not. I certainly am not blaming Dubois' faults for the Kings game, uh, for the Kings giving him eight years and eight plus million. Uh, I don't blame him. Still, last week you mentioned perhaps buying out his contract at a total cost of around $16 million. Why not trade PLD for a couple of draft picks and retain one or two million per year instead? Same cost, but the Kings at least get some draft picks. Sure, we can trade Arvidsson only because of his injury history and expiring contract, or Kalia because he's not playing, or even Spence to make room for Brant Clark. But first, cut loose one of the largest and least critical components of the team payroll. Are we really going to keep PLD and trade Matt Roy instead? Now, that would be bizarre. And the second biggest mistake of the Blake era. The Kings are going to need that money soon to pay their young players. And we have Q, Lizzo, Turcotte, and maybe even Akil Thomas to play center. Uh, yeah, that's it. It's, um, that's certainly not a move that uh, I'm anticipating happening. Um, I don't think the Kings, maybe to a fault, are ready to uh, admit that that signing of Pierre-Luc Dubois is still not going to be a positive signing when it's all said and done. Certainly hard to make the argument at this point that it has been, but I still think that they believe that down the road, uh, PLD can still be an impact player on this team. But the way he's played this year, you can understand if there is a discussion. Um, look, Alex Turcotte, he hasn't stayed healthy. I'm not really going to bank on him being a key piece of the future. I hope, I hope he is, but I think you need to be really realistic that he has, I mean, has he played a full season since he's, since he's been signed by the Kings? I don't believe he has. Uh, Kill Thomas is an AHL player. He's not an NHL player. He's not. Um, he's an average AHL player. We've seen guys in the AHL like Brant Clark and Samuel Fogamo who've been tearing it up come to the NHL level and then suddenly they're they don't they're not so great. So I would I mean he's paid his dues Akil Thomas. He's ha he's had a nice 
career in the AHL, but I just, I don't have any, um, I don't have any confidence that he's uh, an NHL player. Um, this comes from Ruben Gabriel and he is in West Covina. He says he's a proud everydayer. He says, wow, Eddie, uh, just when I thought the Kings were turning a new leaf after beating Connor McCrybaby and the Oilers, they devastatingly lose to the Buffalo Sabres seven, nothing unbelievable. Even Foxy and Nick sounded deflated during their commentary. I couldn't help but think about Dewey's cookie night comment a few games ago, trying to ignite a fire under the team to turn it around. And yet they make a horrible play or he makes a horrible play by passing it to Greenway for an unassisted goal. I love doing the Kings, but come on, they need to figure it out ASAP because this season is becoming increasingly disappointing as they continue to lose. Nevertheless, I'm going to continue to root for the Kings and hope and pray they start winning so they can get a guaranteed playoff spot. With that said, go Kings, go, go rain, go Uh, keep up the good work and enjoy your podcasts every day. Thank you for that, Ruben. And hopefully the win over New Jersey helps you to have a little bit more confidence in the team. Uh, and while I'm sure they feel good and we all feel good in the moment, it obviously has to mean something more. They have to carry it over. They can't continue to go good win, bad loss, uh, back and forth. So, uh, hopefully they can build off that win over New Jersey, the way they, they were supposed to build off that win over the Oilers. We got a few more emails to read. We'll do that next here on locked on LA Kings, your team every day. need to tell you about our friends at Camino Consulting. Today's show is brought to you by Camino Consulting. How would you like to get to know someone better in about an hour than you would in maybe a year? Understanding one another uh, better prevents small misunderstandings from becoming big ongoing fights. After providing more than 20 years of service to small and medium-sized businesses, helping management groups navigate conflict and onboarding new employees, Camino is offering a digital seminar for families and couples. Did your Valentine's Day gift of tickets to the game not go over as well as you'd hoped? Well, get the couples and family online seminar for 20% off for the month of February using the discount code Locked On. Again, that is discount code Locked On for 25% off the rest of the month at CaminoConsulting.ca. That's C-A-M-I-N-O, CaminoConsulting.ca. And you can mention Locked On when reaching out for a business seminar and receive the first five profiles free. Uh, Locked On uh, is going to help you again uh, connect with our friends over at Camino Consulting. Again, check them out at CaminoConsulting.ca. LA Kings have two big games over the weekend. We told you early 9.30 a.m., LA time on uh, Saturday and then 3 p.m. Pacific time on Sunday against the Bruins and the Penguins. You can catch every moment of the hometown broadcast of your LA Kings with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search for LA Kings. We do have some more emails to get to. Uh, Our next one comes from, this is from John. He's in Illinois and he sent this one to me on uh, Twitter. Uh, he says, hey, Eddie, longtime listener here. Uh, I've been against the Blake hiring since day one. Blake never had adequate experience to qualify for the job in the first place. This is very much an old boys club. Uh, it, it is what we saw in Edmonton when they blundered away all their high draft picks with ex-players like Lowe and the crew running the team. Luke, Blake, and Bergevin, who's an unnecessary hire, are not qualified to run hockey ops. This team for years has failed to realize that Kopitar is not a first-line center in this league. At his age and miles, he cannot skate with the opposition top six, nor can he skate 
with his own speedy wingers. Blake extended him two more years at $7 million per is nonsense. Blake has chased the big fish each season, and it is not, and it has not and will not work out. We have a cap-strapped team that will be in trouble for a long time. Deneau and Kopitar are third-line centers. You acquire Dubois and sign him for eight-plus million for eight years and are basically anointing him as the new face and top guy. And then he's placed on the third line to play low minutes and watch Kopitar slowly carry the mail. There is no planning and no system for roster construction, just firing at the hip. They have failed to find where Fiala fits. The horrible power play has been ignored because it'll get better when Arvidsson is back. We have, again, become the joke organization that we were for 20 years before Lombardi took over. Thanks again for your work uh, that you put into the show. And that was from John in Illinois. John, that is a harsh email, my man. Um, I don't know that I share your uh, opinions, uh, certainly of this, of the Kings being a joke organization uh, right now. I, I don't, I, I just don't think that's fair, frankly. Um, certainly you, there are things with Rob Blake that you can point to, uh, as, uh, not being good decisions, but, uh, I will say acquiring guys like Victor Arvidsson and Philip Deneau, acquiring guys like Kevin Fiala, I would not, uh, say that those are mistakes or that those weren't good acquisitions. I think those are good players, uh, that, uh, are, had the Kings in a better position than they have been as they've been building um, under Rob Blake, uh, certainly there was a rebuild that went on and, um, I, he's gotten us into a position where we've made the playoffs two years in a row. Now that's not, that's not good enough. Um, and this season certainly has been up and down, but I don't know. I think that's a bit harsh. Uh, there's certainly criticism to go around. Um, but I would also say that I don't know who you think the best GM of the NHL is. But there's no GM that's batting a thousand. Uh, every general manager has hits and misses. Certainly, Rob Blake is amongst those. Um, I wouldn't agree that Andre Kopitar and Philip Deneau are third line centers. Um, I definitely don't agree with that. So, um, look, uh, I I love the candor. I love the strong opinions. And I, at some point, we're going to need to do um, a full breakdown of Rob Blake's tenure. Probably win. He's no longer the general manager, or maybe this offseason, if they keep him around uh, for another year and let him fulfill his contract, which runs through next year, we'll definitely do a step-by-step episode of all the big moves that Rob Blake has made. And again, there are there are some missteps, and there I think there are some solid moves. Um, I, I'd say it's a it's a up and down job so far for Rob Blake. Um, but but yeah, some strong opinions, and I I definitely appreciate. Uh, the comments. Uh, our final email comes from Edwin and Brea, and he says he's tripling down on his stance about the whole dancing thing. Edwin, have you ever seen the movie Footloose? Uh, I think they even redid it at one time, but it was a movie from the eighties uh, with Kevin Bacon, and uh, I think you would be you would be cast well as the uh, the, the preacher in town who thought that dancing was evil. Uh, <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, uh, Edwin says that the loss to the to the uh, Sabers. Uh, is more about the Sabres having the Kings number. He said that the Kings only have won seven times in the last 22 years in Buffalo. Uh, so uh, he said that uh, that was just uh, uh, one team has another team's number. So not to read too much into that. Uh, he says that David Riddich needs to be the uh, goalie the rest of the season. So he reminds him of Aiden Hill. Uh, he says, even though he's not a big fan of PLD, 
He thinks he should be on the line with Fiala because in the preseason that they played well together. Uh, he says with Arvidsson back, he should be put with more into no, which he has been uh, because of the chemistry. He says that uh, Byfield, Kopitar, and Kempe should stay on the same line despite Kempe's slump. He says he's been impressed with Byfield, and he believes that Brant Clark should be in the lineup over Jordan Spence um, because he has a more uh, offensive upside. So uh, thank you. That one, Edwin, I wanted to squeeze in your emails. So sorry if I cut it a little bit short. But I uh, wanted to make sure we got you in as well. Thank you to everyone who took the time to respond uh, with emails this week. And if you gave your feedback on the Facebook page, uh, Facebook page on the uh, Twitter, on the YouTube channel, uh, appreciate that as well. Uh, also, we got the uh, the, the uh, feedback from Twitter as well. You guys can do that. Um, but yeah, you can follow us on social media. We are uh, at Locked On LA Kings, both on Instagram and on uh, X and Twitter. Uh, for you everydayers, those of you that listen and watch Locked On to the Kings every day, obviously on Monday's show, a full recap of both of the games from over the weekend against Boston and against Pittsburgh. If you want to send an email for a future show, the email address LockedOnEddy at gmail.com. Uh, and uh, thanks for uh, listening and watching this episode of Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We will talk to you uh, coming up on Monday. Have a great weekend. It'll be interesting to see how the Kings do in those para games over the weekend. And as always, Go Kings Go.